Hey, you found us. Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, Not Another Running Story. I'm Megan Fanning, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan. We created this podcast to continue the real conversations that we have when we get outside to run, bike, surf, climb, or whatever it is that you do. We love the real conversations when boundaries come down, because really, that's when it gets interesting. Hey gang, we have a favor to ask of you. If you would go to the app that you use to listen to our podcast, please follow and subscribe to our show. This really helps us. And it also really helps you because you will never miss an episode. While you're there, if you could also leave us a five-star rating and a great review. These type of things are super helpful for us because they help our ratings. Last but not least, share this with a friend. There's somebody out there who hasn't heard this and I'm sure would appreciate the share. Thanks, everybody. Hey, Sean. Hey, Meg. What's going on? I am super excited because Sam is back. And in addition... Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? In addition to Sam, we have another special guest, his daughter, who we talked about on the last podcast, Sophie. And... Sam absolutely nailed his Havelina 100 um, goal. Like he, you know, if you recall in the last podcast, Sam was telling us his goal was under 24 hours and Sophie was there to crew for him. And I am eager to hear like the real behind the scenes story, because if we had Sam on to just tell us what happened, um, I think we would get a glossed over version because, you know, Sam, Sam, and he tries to be cool and he tries to be nice and polite and all that kind of stuff. However, Sophie, welcome. We Hi. want we want to hear the real story from you and how how you helped your dad reach this goal, what it was like and any good details you want to share. So welcome to both of you. Thanks. And I think the best reason to have her on is because I probably don't remember 75% of it. So <laughs> True, true. So Sam, first start out and just tell us, tell us how you did. Tell us the tell us the big picture, how the race went, what your time was, what your goal was. Uh yeah, big picture. I was really happy with how things went. Um it's for sure, I mean. It's weirdly the first hundred I did, I think, because I wasn't, I didn't have all these hangups about it. I executed pretty well, but since then I've struggled to sort of put it together. And um, this year, this second half of the year has been good, really good for me race execution wise. And um, so, yeah, I got the time was 23 hours, eight minutes and um, and so I made my primary goal of sub 24 and, you know, my, my most excellent. Yeah. My so happy of, for you. What do you call it? That reach goal or the stretch goal of 23 hours was almost there. And we debated, you know, we could have, I don't know, down the, down the stretch. Um, that would have been hard to get there. There's places when I go back and look at things where I could have made it up, but anyways, um, I'm really happy with it. And uh, it was good, too, because, you know, we're living. It's now, you know, it's we've got snow on the ground and stuff now. But it was 85 degrees out in um, Scottsdale, which was thankfully down from 100 degrees the week before, but still hot from somebody from the northeast. So that was that was the biggest challenge of the race was dealing with the temperature during the day. And uh um, but yeah, that's the big picture takeaway of things. Awesome. Again, congratulations. I mean, when I saw when I saw your time, I was so psyched. Thank you. Yeah. And I mean, <clears throat> it's, you know, it it was a huge part <clears throat> due to Sophie and her keeping me moving through the night. Um, you know, I felt pretty good during the night. Uh, I mean, the temperature dropped way down into the 60s and high 50s, but oh, wow. she's just um, 
you know, we got on the same page and she just was super positive the whole time and very, very efficient in terms of keeping me moving and just sort of gent, like appropriately insistent at times to say, no, we got to go now. And did you have any other crew besides, besides Sophie, just the two of you? There were like spontaneous crew, but she was the only planned crew. There were spectators. Yeah. Friends came, friends came out to say hi for a loop or two, but yeah, I was primary crew pacer. It was cool. I mean, this one guy, we landed in Phoenix and there was a guy that's in Sophie's running group on the on our plane. Mm. So we see him at the luggage carousel and then he so he was out for like six hours or something hanging out um during the day with her. And um and then another couple that we know out there showed up when I came in at the end of my third lap and uh and I didn't want to leave. But uh <laughs> But that's part of the story to come, I guess. So, uh, but she was there solo, along with, you know, what I don't know how many people are out there, two, three, four thousand people that are crewing and, you know, just partying for 24 hours. I don't know. It's it's a it's a it's a crazy place. The the Javelina Jed quarters. Did you. How much of that did you experience as a runner? Because I did not really get any of the insanity as a uh, uh, as a runner same way that I think that I, I guess that I expected to, to be a part of it or see it I mean it was really short little soundbite type of things you know in the beginning like the corral was packed with people and I was just like this is mildly uncomfortable getting in here with 500 other people jammed in and and then, and and then I um I the other thing for me that gets me is all the cowbells like it's like drilling up into the side of my head and so you know you come in and everybody's ringing their cowbells and you know in the middle of the night that's not happening a lot but there's periods of time when there's lots of them going and I so you do I don't you, I don't know if they had it the same way set up the same way for you, Sean, but you sort of go down this chute, go to the start finish line and then turn around and come back out the chute again. Yeah. And um, so you go down the, the you go by everybody twice when you're going through the headquarters there. Yeah, essentially it's like aid station through through what is like the merch tent area, right? Like Yeah, you then, run under the and, merch tent, yeah. And then like up yeah, and then the tent city, and then like loop around and then come back out tent like same same tent city roll, right? Were you guys? Did you guys have a good setup where you were at um, pop tent wise? Yeah, we ended up having a great setup. We had a pop up, you know, just some table and chairs and um, simple but perfect. Um, and I was worried about not getting. You have to get a lot, or you have to get a spot. You you can't like just show up and put a pop up up and with uh you know there's no shade in the desert so uh, a pop-up is pretty important you're gonna be hanging out all day so it was nice i hooked up my i hooked up my crew i got we got in on thursday for one of the earliest setups so it was right on the loop you know some they set them up three deep in some places so yeah. there, wow you know so we were we were right on the course and then these friends of ours, this couple that came out, they have one of these camper van things. So, mm-hmm. so we got to borrow that to go duck into that in the middle of the day and get into some air conditioning and lay down for a little bit. And um, so then we just abused each other at night. <laughs> so so how how were your dad's spirits? Was he in a good mood? Was he cranky? Was he agreeable? Uh, he's, when he races, he's usually in a pretty good mood. Um, like you, I mean, you can tell when he's suffering, but in general, he's like pretty positive, um, and doesn't complain too much. Um, so yeah, he was in pretty good spirits, I think, during, the middle of the day when it got hot um 
he was suffering a little. Um, and then he mentioned uh, we had friends come out to visit him for one lap and he was like, blah, 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 blah. I just didn't want to stop talking. And I was like, dude, you need to like keep running. Uh, this is like time to hang out. But um, <laughs> yeah, like mood wise, he was in a pretty, pretty good mood the whole time. Um, I think he had like one low pot, well, like one low point when we were first running together, but um, mostly just like internal suffering, not like vocalizing it. Just like you can tell, he's like, you know, struggling. So, yeah, did this... you two did you two have a race plan that you set up? Not really. I mean, like he, uh, I mean, not in terms of like us running together. Um, I don't think it was kind of just figure it out. I mean, we've run, we've run together a lot in the past, I guess. I mean, we've run up to, you know, 47 miles together before through the Grand Canyon. So um, we had no official plan as in our dynamic and Mm -hmm. which worked out, but it took, I would say it took like a half an hour to like settle into something. Like he was at a low point when I joined him and I was like, come on, cracking the whip a little. Uh, mm-hmm. and it, we both need to uh, kind of figure out how that was going to work. So first half an hour was like a little rough, but then we figured it out and we had a good time. Yeah, I can tell that story from my perspective. <laughs> yeah. But the, in terms of the plan, um, yeah, to me, it was just, and Sophie just knows this in, 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 uh, innately, is just keep me moving. You know, mm-hmm. don't let me be dicking around anywhere at the aid stations. And um, yeah, sure, and she's sure. a pro at that. And she's, you know, before every aid station, what do you need? Give me your give me your bottles. Let me fill them up. You know, go get something to eat. Go drink something. And then she'd manage me like that. Or, you know, sometime when I was down walking a lot, you know, walking a lot, she'd be like, all right, it's time to start to try to move some more. Let's go. Let's go. And um um so yeah and she just knows i mean she's she's done enough of these herself she's done 200s she's um you know like if i'm like if i'm like my stomach's bothering me have you had the antacid have you had anything to eat have you had anything to drink just knows to go down the, the list of things and we were negotiating you know like i always plan to take like some tylenol at some point deep into the race just to sort of ease the edge of the discomfort. And so we were debating plus or minus five miles when to take that. He was debating like and yeah. I'm like, dude, just take it. Like, what are you debating about? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so it was, it's pretty intuitive for us. And the, the, the organization comes in sort of just the food and stuff that's at the aid mm-hmm. station up front. And um, there were a couple of, you know, we had options for hats and glasses and ice bandanas, which, you know, the daytime was absolutely the hardest part. I mean, it wasn't super bad, but again, for me, that's not acclimatized to it. Um, and the sun is friggin' strong out there. I don't, you know, um, so. Um, and you were covered. I mean, I saw I saw a picture of you. Do, were you wearing long sleeves? I, th- I think you, you were wearing a hat. Yeah. Yep. I had the uh, uh, what was it the the purple Sophie's purple hat, big white brim and arm <laughs> sleeves, and then she was putting like the 75 sunscreen on my legs and stuff. Um, and then the key thing was just uh, the ice bandana and just keeping that. It, it was that would in New in Vermont it's weird it'll it stays for much longer and it's gone in like an hour. <laughs> you know, and bone dry out there in the desert. There's did just you, so much evapotranspiration. Did you fill up your arm sleeves with ice also? I didn't. I tried that a couple of times yeah. and I've done that before. And I just was getting, I'm like, all right, it's taking me time. To, you know, I'm fight. you know, you're in there competing for ice with five or six other people. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to do the bandana. It gets my shirt soaking wet and, um, and that's what I stuck with. And it was fine. It was fine. 
I'd get my sleeves wet so that they'd give me some relief for like 20 minutes. And then they'd be say like 30 seconds. By the time you're out of the A station, they're dry again. I, and I, and you know, and then I had so much salt. I couldn't believe it. Like, you know, yeah, I was, I was thought I was taking it aggressively. And then like halfway through the race, I start getting cramps in my legs. I'm like, and just start downing it. And I swear my shorts could have stood up by themselves at the end because there was so much salt that I just sweated right through it. It was kind of gross. Anyways, yeah, it's part of it. So high points and low points. Um, I tell you what. So if, if you could tell us what you think, what you felt like was the high point and low point of the race. And then, Sam, if you want to let us know what your opinion <laughs> is on, you know, what was your high and low? Uh, what, like, I perceive as his high and low? Or yeah, yours, um, either way. I mean, because, you know, it's kind of a shared experience. So whatever, whatever you're thinking. Yeah, I mean, so I think his high and low is actually in the same loop. I think the fourth loop, the beginning of the loop, he was, he had a low and um, like his stomach was bothering him. Like he, you know, just got through the heat of the day um, and it was kind of like, oh, I need to keep moving if I want to hit my goal. Um, he was just struggling and then he picked up me and we were trying to figure out our dynamic. Um, you know, I'm his daughter. We're very similar. So it's, you know, having to deal. Yeah. Having to, (laughs) having to, you know, figure out our dynamic as well. So there was just a lot going on at the beginning of that loop. Um, and then I would say by like midpoint in that loop or maybe the, last third he was just like we were putting in 11 minute miles like he was just Mm. like moving well relaxed um we like figured out our dynamic he was like eating more than i've ever seen him eat at like 70 80 miles into a race um and was just yeah cruising and remind me how long each loop is 19 so the first loop is 23 and then uh the last four are 19. Okay. And it, climbing? Uh, maybe. S- it's like 1,200, 1,300, oh. 1,300 a loop. It was 66 total. Yeah, I was okay. about 7K. It's out about 600 gain or something, right? And then. Yeah, so 65, 70 feet per yeah. mile. Yeah. Okay. All right. So not awful, but there's, you know, there's some. Yeah, it's pretty flat. Yeah. Like the first part of the course is just like a little steady climb. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of gets a little rolly in the middle. And then you get some down and then flat towards the end. Um, gotcha. But yeah. Yeah, the hard to me, the hardest, there's three aid stations out away from the headquarters. And the hardest part was between aid station two and three. And um, that was, you know, it was the most exposed during the day. And then it is, you know, the first half of it is sort of just a consistent gradual uphill. And then it goes into these rollers. Um, and it, at some point, I mean, there's like, there's this whole part of the desert that's completely burned. Like there must be, hmm. there must've been a lightning strike or something, but it's like, it's perfect. It's the perfect Halloween atmosphere there. Wow. But it's just hit. It's not even, there's, it's just ugly. And there's yeah. no, as I say they had a big fire there. They the um the far Jackass Junction was actually right. I think burned in that that fire. Um, yep, yep, yep. So all that yeah, and all the stuff to the whatever between you know back through the hills before you get to Jackass Junction. All that was all that hilly area was burned. But the ups and downs for me, they're they're pretty. They pretty closely mirror uh, what Sophie said, but for me, the positive extended longer than the fourth loop. Um, But I, yeah, definitely. So I came in at eight o'clock or so at the end of the third loop. And so that was, you know, finishing up the day. I think it was like from three o'clock to eight o'clock on that on that third loop. 
And it was still, you know, still two or three hours in the sun. And my nutrition had gone to shit during that loop because I forget where it was on the second or third loop. I, I, during the day, I didn't top off one of my bottles at Nade station. And that was, and I was, I was, I didn't have any fluids going into the next aid station. And so my, I, you know, I, you know, I tanked up as best I could, stayed and drank water. And, um, but my stomach just went south at that point. And so it was hard to get solid foods in, hard to want to eat. And just, you know, I mean, it's, you're spending a lot of energy cooling yourself. I was looking, I was watching my heart rate. I never watch heart rate. And this doesn't, I mean, just a reminder that I'm 63. So when I was running, you know, sort of in the, in these um, uphill sections, my heart was at threshold over, over one day during the day. Right. In the sun. Right. And so I was like, this is way too high. I need to be like, what's your, what's your threshold? It's around 145. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, it needs to be like at least 20 beats lower than this. And so I was mm-hmm. I was having to walk to keep my heart yeah. rate down at that point because I was just <clears throat> struggling to cool myself, I guess. Um, but anyways, so I came into mile 60. I was pretty depleted and, and I was in that mental space where, all right, I'm going to do this. But running two more laps is sucks, right? <laughs> Thinking about that, you know, 40 yeah. more miles. So I came in and Craig and Laura were there and I was so happy to see them at the aid station. I was like, oh, wow, this is great. And I sit down and it like it total totally buoyed me. And then all at once, Sophie's like, we got to go. And they're like, yeah, you got to go. You're doing like they all just kicked me out of the aid station. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> I was. And then, you know, so we go around to, I'd already done my out and back to the um, start line. And so we go out past the aid station. And like within 30 seconds, Sophie's 100 yards in front of me. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and and I'm, I can, you know, I'm just managing a walk. And and then I was like, um, she was trying to drag me, trying to get me going. And she was excited because she was finally starting. Um, but I was just like, I got super depressed. I'm like, we're totally out of sync right now. And, and it, so at some point within the first five minutes or so, I, I was like, dude, we got to get on the same page. And Do you think that was the depression coming from the fatigue and the previous, you know, the stomach issues? Combination. I think it was, that's what, yeah, there was that. But then having a little high of being there with friends that I didn't expect to be mm. there that were there. And I was like, oh, yay. And then they're all like, no, go. And, I, you know, I mean, which is what they should do. But, you know, I wasn't completely rational at that point. So I was and then I was immediately back down again, you know, as soon as I left. And then my pacer is running with somebody else, you know, a mile up the road or something. You know, that's just what it felt You're like. You're exaggerating. I'm but totally he's, exaggerating. But he's more like, he's, yeah, he he was, what added to that low is me, like, being ready to go and him being not, you know, like. The opposite yeah. end of the spectrum, yeah. 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 But we got, we figured it out within, like, two or three miles. We got on the same page. And, um, yeah, and we actually, and then after that, like we got to the first aid station and we were efficient through there. And then I don't know what happened to me. I mean, I've been working on some gate things this year, but we just started running all the uphills, ran through all the rollers. And then it, then it's like a nice long downhill and, and flat at the bottom. And we just cruised through the rest of that fourth loop. And then to me, I felt like we still moved pretty well for like the first half of the next loop. And if yeah. anything, I started to slow down on the downhill on the last 90 to 100. But the the whole, you know, the fifth loop was you were, I think the fourth loop, he moved really well the second half. And then the fifth loop, he moved like pretty consistently through the whole loop versus like having a really strong like half. It's kind of how I thought, yeah, which was. And the only hard thing for me was like from 90 to 100 miles, I just felt 
completely dead inside. Completely dead. And I'm no, sure no. you guys can relate to like where you feel like there's there's like there's no energy there. There's no like it's you're just I don't know, but just I knew I could keep going, I think, but it just felt I just felt empty to the core. What Ten was, miles can be a long, long way in that place. What was the most surprising aspect of that race and set up how it went down for both of you? Oh, I mean, kind of a minor thing. I was surprised how crappy their aid stations were, uh, especially through the night. They like they had COVID style set up. So like everything prepackaged. And by the end, they had like four options and they had like no soda, no broth, nothing hot. You know, you were either getting like an or two Oreos or some like potato chips or pretzels. And I was like, this is kind of like for 2000 people running this race, like you guys should have some like killer aid station food. Right. Um, yeah. This yeah. was this was yeah, this was like like jackass junk junction. Like I remember going in and this woman's like they got no they got no ginger ale. Like people that are going to be out there for 30 hours and are just ruined. You know, it's like yeah. And and so that's yeah. weird. So I mean, I ran it 2 years prior to this and that was not my experience at any of the aid stations. That's that's, I mean, to me, that's that's bizarre. Now, there was less people running because it was just after COVID. It was one of the first races to come back. Um, Maybe they were trying to save money this year. Yeah, weird. Air yeah. Viper has, has very weird. I was not expecting it. Because I didn't, as a pacer, I was like, whatever, I'm not bringing any of my own food. I'm just going to, like, eat what's on the loop um, and be cheap. Um, and I was yeah. like, oh, there's there's, like, nothing here. Oh, by the end too, they had um, they had no they had no Gatorade, no decaffeinated, like um, drink mix. Octane, yeah. Yeah, they just like. I'm like, like <laughs> I was looking for the decaf because I was tweaked out on the caffeinated Roctane. <laughs> I don't need to drink any more of this, and they didn't have it. So it was um, it was kind of weird, yeah, and. It wasn't that, I mean, finished in 23 hours. It wasn't that late in the race. There were people, you know, behind me for seven hours. Yeah. You know? So I hope they figured something out or they got restocked or whatever for the benefit of others. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think the big, the big difference for me on this race was, and, and it was never that much of a problem, but there were a lot of people out there. You know, there's, what was it? It's like 800 people. There was 800 people just in the 100 miler itself. There was, I think, 2,000 people for the entire race. Um, but yeah, to comment on how, like, through them, if you looked back in the night, you would just see headlamps, like, forever. Like, you, we passed at least 100 people through the night. Like, you just, there's so, like, you can't run, like, if you need to go to the bathroom, like you're going to maybe have 30 seconds to yourself, like if that on the course, just constantly, like just constant, you know, people running by you, running behind you, you know, nonstop. Wow. And at night, that's kind of cool because, you know, you can mark where the trail is and everything. Well, like and also, that. you're not alone at right. night, you know, which can, I don't care about being alone in the woods, but it can get lonely, you know, yeah. when you go into that dark space. Yeah, and it was interesting. I it was the second or third lap. I fell in with Jamal Jamil Curry. He was mm -hmm. running his own race, and um, he's the guy who owns the race. And uh, I hung with him for like thirty minutes. We chatted off and on. And I said, "What do they cap you at for you know number of people in this race? Because this is the biggest race I've ever seen." He's like, "Oh, they don't cap us. We cap ourselves." So, you know, it's the it's the wild, wild west out there, literally, you know, you can yeah. bring as many people as you want. But. Um, oh, the parking. Well, that's another bad thing. The parking was there. They just had I think in previous year they had lots, but this year they just had everyone park on the road. Ooh. So I think 
so Craig and Laura, who came to visit him in the middle of the night, they had a three-mile walk because their car was so far down the road to walk down to where we were to Hot Lake Havelina headquarters. So this is, there's one access road for all the people running, all the crews, and, and they just park people on both sides of this road. Why was that that they didn't have lots this year? Because they, they have had lots in the past, and I think they might even have had a shuttle the year I did it. They had just one VIP lot. So if you pay it extra for parking, you could park in the VIP. Otherwise, I don't know what happened, but everyone was just parked on the road. Um, so there was actually, we, like, it was crazy. Like, I was talking to people that have run it previous years, and they were like, yeah, I get there at, like, four. The race started at 1-8. No, it Seven. started at six and and we yeah, I mean this was this didn't help with sort of the pre-race sort of prep, but we got up at we decided to get there before we got there at four. Yeah, yeah. To park because I didn't want Sophie to have to walk three miles, you know, if she had to lug stuff around, yeah. Like, yeah. And um so we I mean we were up at two or two thirty at my friends to get there by four. Did they let you pull up to drop stuff off? Like, yeah. uh, okay, so they at least let you do Yeah, that. they did let you do drop off. They wanted you to do that on Thursday or Friday, though. Yeah. Um, they didn't really want people pulling in on race day. But Were you, so, on your fourth lap, were you cognizant of the leaders coming by you? Right, because that's typically where you start getting passed by. Yeah, I don't know if it was the fourth or the fifth. There were there were some fast people flying by us. And some it, it would have to be the fourth, right? Because your fifth lap, you're on your finish. By your, it would have been by. It was actually no. So the actually the the winners finished on his third lap. Oh, okay, yeah. So. The end of his oh third lap. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. Um. The first because I remember the first female came in right before. I think they finished in daylight. Yeah, because I was I was 14 hours at the end of my third lap. And so, yeah. Wow. I think, yeah, I think what the, yeah, the lead woman was around. I think the the, the yeah. men's winner was like 13 and a half hours. Yeah. And I think, I, got, I think I got 13 and a half. Listen, okay. I think I got co- passed by Camille on my fourth lap. Um, yeah. And it was wild. It was like, you're like, oh, you're running a different ra- we're like running the same race but a different race for sure and like you're standing still they just go by you so fast it's pretty cool so here's what i'm super curious about and sam i said this to you when you were on the podcast talking about prepping for the race i think it's really cool that that you two that you two support each other so much in these endeavors and it's it would be awesome for me if if I had one of my kids pacing me or vice versa. Talk to me about the interpersonal dynamics because you are related. I mean, how and 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 when we run these races, we get so raw. It do you argue? Do you laugh? How do you how do you get on the same page? Do you want to go first on that? Because it it's a, it's a it's it depends who's racing. It's a completely different dynamic, yeah, depending true. on who's racing. Yeah, I'm I'm much more difficult to deal with when I'm racing. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's easier. Um, uh, I do better racing solo. So I do better, like no crew, no pacers, I think. Okay. Uh, I just keep my shit together better alone um, or with someone I'm not as close to um, versus like he can manage either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, we don't are like, I don't think we've ever argued like ever out running together. Sometimes we get on each other's nerves, but usually we just go quiet of anything and we can just run together. But I think we, we usually find something that can like, you know, we, we usually end up always settling into something that like works. And I think sometimes music helps, like we'll just play music. He really loves music. I like music Um, that can help. Or we just uh, like say something stupid, like in the middle of the night, I just, I came up with this stupid, so their friends let us drive their van. And so as soon as I got in it, it's just this massive Mercedes van. And I'm like, 
you know, driving in the streets in Scottsdale. And I like the first thing I want to say is like, beep, beep, mother. Oh, I, I don't know if I can say the F <laughs> word. You can swear. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sean, like, Sean says it like 18,000 like, times. Yeah. what I wanted to say. So we were saying that all night, like running together. That was like just our like thing. Um, or we would just go like beep, beep to each other. Uh, so like just like stupid you know, like stupid shit that would make sense, wouldn't make sense to anyone, but like mm-hmm. would just like lighten the mood a little. Um, so like we we find things that you know work for us. Um, yeah. And there were those guys that ran. Was it the end of the fourth lap that they were they come they were, they you're not oh, yeah. supposed to play your tune. You're supposed to keep your music in your earphones for whatever reason on that course. These guys. Have their phone is cranked up to no, he had, they had a speaker. Oh, yeah. okay, perfect. Oh. You know? And uh, and they had this great sort of rowdy mix going, and you could hear them <laughs> coming from half a mile behind you, and then a mile after we left. And, we, and they were just hilarious, they were having so much fun. And I said, We need to get our music going like that now, too, as soon as they went out of range. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I I feel super lucky and appreciative anytime Sophie's like sure I'll hang out with you you know and because I mean I don't know I think it's for me I feel like there's only going to be so many of those things that happen and um so it's I'm always super appreciative and again she knows what she's doing um it's funny though I mean we had you can I talk about Twisted Branch? Yeah, yeah. So we had, I, there's a race out in New York. West yeah, Coast. Finger Lakes, I think. Yeah. And it was, I think it was the first year you did it. My first 100K, my first, yeah. Really long race. It was really, really hot. No, it rained. Oh, okay. <laughs> but um, it was hard for, so, and, and, I was like, I was running into the woods to meet her before an aid station, and she wasn't asking me to crew, but I would run in and then like bring, you know, run with her back to the next aid station. I was thought I was doing being helpful, and she finishes, she guts guts it out and finishes it up, especially the last, you know, six or seven miles by herself, and uh, we crashed that night, and. The next day we're driving home. It's like a six hour drive home. And she's like, um, you can't crew for me ever again. <laughs> or no, you can't pace me yeah. ever again. And I was like, uh, and I kind of like, I understand. <laughs> and she's just like, you know, it's, it's too, not you, but it's right. Like, it's it's like, it's, yeah. she's like, there's, it's too easy for her to lose composure, meaning just get upset about oh, you know that when things sense. aren't going well yeah like and when i'm suffering i can be vocal when i'm because we're close to each other like um so if i'm suffering i feel like i can tell him which allows me to feed into it more versus if i'm with myself or someone i don't know it's like keep it together and i just like can you know keep on trucking uh versus like that makes perfect sense i get it I get now a little okay. spiral with him um so that was like I've realized I'm like I've gotten a lot of, yeah it just it doesn't work well for me. Yeah. So. And I you know and and I bet it'll you Change. know yeah I think as you do more of these things and um, I mean I think we did the first crewing thing together where we crewed for you at Western States and I think with the exception of the first aid station that went pretty well. <laughs> yeah yeah. It that was, you know, you had a long first 30 miles and it was hot. Robinson Flat was hard for everyone. Yeah. I was, yeah, I, at, by that point, I mean, 10 miles of snow, the heat, I knew I wasn't going to hit my goal, a goal at that point. I was like, just like, oof, yeah, feeling it. And I was like, damn, okay, I still got 70 miles to go. Um, but yeah, it's part of it. Yeah. So that, I mean, I, I hope that answers your question a little it bit. It does. I it does. Yeah. 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 
So what's next for you guys? And Sam, I hope you're resting. <laughs> but what are the what are the next races you guys are looking at? Next adventures? Uh, I mean, I'm on I'm high up on the wait list for the Winter Classic, the Tark Winter Classic and the Middlesex Fells. I ran that last year. Um, and she won. Yeah. 40. Congratulations. That's awesome. So if I get in, I'll run that again. But I, I've i been enjoying just, like, stuff in the mountains and not racing much. Um, I mean, I ran Western this year, which is, like, the race. And, uh, I I mean, I've been enjoying more just, like, adventures than – I like the daily running. And when you race, you got – you got a taper, you got a recovery. I've had bad luck with injuries this year, so I've just been enjoying like just running a lot and not racing. So having fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've been looking at hundreds for next year, but that's next year, so uh yeah. Cool. And yeah, I'm uh I this weekend, I mean, I I did a longer run yesterday and went for a nice hike today and feeling the energy slowly coming back. It always blows me away, you know, to be a couple of weeks out and to be just like, oh, man, I have no get up and go here. So it'll be a month for me to feel right, I think, afterwards. But I don't know yet. I mean, I have a sketch of what I'll do next year. Um, I will. Yeah, I'll probably do Vermont. I, I'm going to have to decide on that in the next couple of weeks. Um, it got canceled this year, so it would be fun to go back and do it. And it's a great fundraiser for Vermont Adaptive, which I like to do. So, But I've been debating. This year was supposed to be two 100s um, in the calendar year, and I've been debating if I'm going to try and do that next year. Like I, I For some reason, I is this race in Alabama, Pinhoti, has some allure to me. I, I have no idea why, but um, yeah, it's in November. So I might look at something like that. I don't know. I haven't even looked at when I'd have to register for that. So thank you. <laughs> it, it's, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't typically sell out too early because everyone waits till Western UTMB and then yeah a lot of like registrations are like so yeah western cut you find out December 2nd or something um but a lot of registrations for the hundreds are like January 1 yeah Yeah. January 2 so like I I'm looking at one or two that are lotteries so you got to enter in January yeah Pinhoti's a good race I've done it I've paced it it's supposed to be, is it just rollers, right? Yeah, there's nothing. You, well, you go over the highest point in Alabama. Okay. Um, which is three something, I think. Yeah, not that high. I mean, it, it, it's all relative. It's like if you're starting yeah. at 600 and you climb 30 to 36, yeah. you climb 3,000 feet, right? Like, um, but um, it wasn't nothing crazy. The Actually, the run up to to the uh, that point is is actually pretty runnable the down the back side of that is a little less runnable um the course is is a good course i've like i said i've paced it run it coached runners on it um it's worth it's worth the trip for sure yeah Um, i mean we could we could go by tennessee and hit my wife's family coming or going and uh, it's just, it's like an hour or two south from where they live. So um, if she'll do another racecation with me. But uh, um, but that's, yeah, <laughs> everything's just an idea right now. Yeah. Sophie's what about like, what about Western? Do you put your name in? Well, I put in for my one ticket this year. So but the, uh, the, it, there's like 2,000 more people entering this year, though. It's crazy. Like the one ticket, or, I mean... Obviously, people with one tickets will get in, but the percentage is, you know, drop. You know, your the likelihood's even less this year. Well, I'll say this: that when I was at the finish, 
the amount of people that came across with one ticket yeah. when I was there was pretty wild last year. Like, I mean, you, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You had two, didn't you? Two, did you? yeah. I had two, yeah. Yeah. Two tickets, but. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, and then we'll figure out things to do. I I don't know, you know. Well, definitely, you, you I was going to say, like, definitely rest in the meantime. <laughs> Sorry, Sean. I was going to say, you could have, have like 64 tickets, right? Him, how, many, how many Vermont finishes do you have? He's, I know. I I had to convince him this year to put his name in the lottery. I kept being like, you better put your name in because he's finished three, two Vermonts. Two, two Vermonts. So. And I don't think Chesterfield would be a qualifier. No, no, so. no. But still, I was like, you got to... You got to put your name in if you want to go. You cannot win if you do not play, you know? <laughs> so that's uh, well, the line that always I, goes through my head in those circumstances. I am I'm super grateful that, that both of you came on. I think this is an awesome, like, follow-up to our plan and prep podcast, you know, that we aired. Um, and... And yeah, and and Sam, I was just so psyched when I saw when I saw your finish time that 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 made my day. And the I will definitely post some pictures um, on social media. Um, there's a couple really good ones. Um, I posted one on your last podcast, but the favorite favorite picture is when you're like leaning against the thing and your eyes are half closed and you're just so good. Like, it's the best. Did you take that picture, Sophie? Yeah, yeah. I took that. Yeah, yeah. At the right after the finish. Yeah. Well, the finish. Yeah, yeah. I took that right after. She took all the photos in that race, and yeah, she's like, "Come on, you got it. We got to do this." I'm like, "I am so fucking tired and so <laughs> so happy to be done." Like your your face said it all. I mean, you looked. Yeah, you looked drunk. If we didn't know, you looked drunk. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, probably a close resemblance at that point. So. But you did it. So that's all that counts. We had a good time. I'm getting awesome. I'm very, very lucky. It was cool. Yeah. I was I kept saying to him at the end, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Like he like really was moving well and working hard and like just didn't like just you know, kept himself going. Uh even when it's that's like a really hard thing to do when you already run. 70, 80, 90 miles. But. I'm going to say really that you saying that you're proud of him probably means more than almost anyone else. And I don't mean that from like the father-daughter perspective, but I mean from the someone that's been there that understands like what it is. Like, like it's really easy for, I think like, you know, our spouses to be like, oh, I'm proud of you. And you're like, mm, I get it. <laughs> but like, you don't really understand like, what it is and you but you do and it's like different i think yeah yeah and that's like i kept telling him i was like i want to be that strong at the end of 100 like i've only run two and like i've i'm figuring it out still but like it was cool to see someone just you know just be very strong to the end everything came together you know it was good so Cool. Well, like you two a, are a great team. A sandwich. And one side, you got the <laughs> yeah. together. It's perfect. All right. So, thank you, thank you both for coming on. And Sophie um, gets to pick our outtake song today. So sorry, Sam. I figured she'd never been on before. You'd picked you'd picked a lot of our outtake songs. So, Sophie, uh, what is the song you would like us to go out with? Uh, I'm gonna, I, I had two in my mind, but I'm gonna go with, uh, Mary's Got a New Car by Tom Petty. <laughs> All right. Okay, so. Or Mary's we'll New listen. Car, I think. What was the other so, one? What was the loser? The other yeah. one was Fireline by Billy Strings, but, uh, Tom Petty, this song's, it's got a good, like, it's, it's got, like, exit vibes. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thanks to you both. I hope I see you guys in person soon. And Sam, you're coming on the podcast um, in a few weeks to talk best albums. So we'll be back. All right. Bye, Look guys. forward to it. See ya. Good to see Bye, you. Bye, guys.
Thanks again.